It means to be very fluent, to be very skillful in your word, to be very powerful in the presentation of your argument. Because you do have to argue. There is a court in heaven. You do have to go against your accuser. Amen? Glory be to God. But that's another lesson. So how to get into spiritual eloquence. Before we go to that, I want to say something about our faith. Now, this church is called the Water Springs Faith Church. So there is a living water that's constantly, all the time, bubbling up from within you. Amen? The river of life. And your faith matters. Everything to do with a Christian, his or her faith matters. And please understand that faith does not come overnight. There is no instant faith noodles that you can eat. (laughs) There is no instant faith soup that you can have. So faith does not come overnight except for the gift of faith. The operation of the gift of faith is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then faith rises up from within you and you can do what was impossible before to you. But the gift of faith comes upon a person, and once the job is done, it leaves. That's the sovereignty of God. So we need to be constantly growing in our own faith. So to each and every Christian, you have been given a measure of faith. But if you don't grow that measure of faith, you can be a Christian for 30 years, and you can have no power There's no power in your life. And because you have no power, the devil can easily defeat you. And that's why you're always struggling in your life. So every one of us, we need to constantly grow our faith. So faith has levels and faith has degrees. There are different levels of faith and there are different degrees of faith. So we need to grow until we reach heaven. It is our mandate to grow our faith, okay? God cannot grow your faith for you, the same thing that he cannot eat for you. How many of you know that you can't eat for anybody else but yourself? So you need to grow your own faith. Nobody can do it for you, okay? It's very, very important. And uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God, all right? So it's not just being a dutiful Christian. And without faith, it's impossible to cast out devils. Do you get that? Without faith, it's impossible to cast out devils. And that's why so many Christians are living a defeated life. Faith is of the spirit, not of the brain, not of the human mind. Faith is a spirit. It is of the spirit. And sermons that you listen to should be feeding your spirit and not pleasing your soul. That's the difference. Every sermon that you listen to, no matter how long, no matter how short, should be feeding your spirit, not pleasing your soul. Inspiring your spirit to go higher and feeding your spirit to get stronger. Otherwise, Christianity becomes a duty. And a religion, and it has no power thereof. So important, okay? This is the foundation. Okay, when we talk about the spiritual realm, notice the title is How to Get Into Spiritual Eloquence. We're not talking about how to acquire spiritual eloquence. We're talking about how to get into spiritual eloquence. So we're talking about the realms of the spirit. There are levels and there are realms in the spiritual world. All right? There are levels and there are realms in the spiritual world. Jesus referred to God as his heavenly father. Jesus referred to God as our heavenly father six times in the gospel word of Matthew. Heavenly father is like the title of God. Indicating his location, his positioning, indicating that his realm is the highest. It's above all. His realm is the highest and it's the exotic realm. The messengers of God, the armies of God are called the heavenly 
host. I want you to understand that because our God is a God of words. In the beginning was the word. So the word heavenly is not just like a title. It's more than just a title. It's not just an adjective. It's more than just an adjective. So the armies of heaven, they are called the heavenly host. And the visions of God, you can look it up in Acts 20, chapter 26, verse 19. The visions of God are called the heavenly visions. Heavenly visions. And then in the revelation that's given to Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. It is so important for us to have revelation. Because if you don't have revelation, the Bible becomes a religious book. And you become just a religious Christian. God wants us not to serve him with obligation and duties. God wants us to serve him with desires and joy. Amen? And where does the desire come? From the revelation. Where does the joy come? From the revelation. Amen? How did Jesus endure the cross? Come on, somebody tell me. How did Jesus endure the cross? By looking at the joy that's before him, the church. So when you go through hard times, when we go through hard times, don't look at our present situation. Look at what's coming out of it. Looking at what's coming out of it. You're going from point A to point B, and point B is higher than point A. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. We are called to be a prophetic people, a people with a glorious future. So don't you just sit down and cry. Do you get it? How many of you get it? Yes. Okay. All right, look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be. The word blessed means prospering. Amen. Come on, say it with me. I'm blessed. That means you're prospering. You're thriving. You don't get into aging. You don't get into debilitation. Do you get this? You're thriving. Why? Because eternal life is in you. I have eternal life in me. How many of you have eternal life in you? Glory be to God. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Who is in you? Come on. The Holy Spirit. And he is the conquering spirit. He is the overcoming spirit. He is the spirit of life. So why do we have to be afraid of sickness? It doesn't make sense. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is referring to the human ministry of Jesus. Who has blessed us with all. Come and say with me, all. One more time, all. All means every. All. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So there is a place called heavenly places. Heaven is a ram. Heaven is a ram. Heaven is a kingdom. I want you to see that, all right? So the word heavenly is the Greek word epuranios. Epuranios meaning celestial, meaning the abode that is above. I want you to see that because the Bible explains itself. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40. 1 Corinthians 1540, it may not be in the PowerPoint because it was given to me later. So I just read it to you. 1 Corinthians 1540, the Apostle Paul, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, he said, there are also celestial bodies and there are terrestrial bodies. Celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Now, how many of you know that your body is different from the body of a lizard? How many of you know that your body is different from the body of a cat? There are different kinds of bodies. And the Bible is telling us that there are celestial bodies, plural. That means when we get to heaven, we see all kinds of celestial entities or bodies. And then on earth, that's the word terrestrial. On earth, there are also different kinds of bodies. Can you see? The word of God is true. Amen. There's the body of a plant. 
And there is the body of a lion. There's the body of a horse. And there's the body of a rabbit. So there is a body of heaven. And there is a body of the earth. Heaven is a ram. Come on, say to the person next to you, heaven is a ram. Heaven is a ram. Heaven is a place. It's not an air bubble. You know, the minute you say heaven, you you lose somebody. No, heaven is not an air bubble. Heaven is not a state of mind, okay? Heaven is not to do with your feelings. It's not to do with your goosebumps. Heaven is a real place. It's a ram. It's an abode, a habitation, a country, a kingdom, a governance. How many of you know that governance is very, very important? It matters who is governing your life. It matters who is governing your life. Okay. So when you got born again, or for those of you that haven't been, when you're about to get born again, translation happened to your spirit. When you got born again, your spirit was translated, delivered out of the kingdom of darkness or the power of darkness into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you have had your spirit translated into the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Lift up your hands. Amen. For those of you who haven't got your hands lifted up, how many of you have been translated into the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Lift up your hands. Amen. The devils are looking at you now. Okay, please know that. You have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the kingdom of Satan, into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, church. Sometimes you don't feel like you have been translated. Sometimes the devil will try to convince you that you haven't been translated. Sometimes you might have attitudes, words that don't prove that you have been translated. But do we live by feelings or do we live by the truth? Come on, tell me, church. Do you live by feelings or do you live by the truth? By the truth. When you live by the truth, you stay in the truth. Remember I told you, don't feed devils. Don't feed demons. Don't agree with them. Don't sing with them. Don't dance with them. Hold on to the truth. That is spiritual warfare. That is spiritual warfare. That is spiritual warfare. That is the key to your victory when it comes to overcoming demons. Because know that devils are temporary. The earthly realm is temporary. But the truth is eternal. So as long as you don't change, as long as you don't change, as long as you don't quit, you've won. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are in the realm of power. We are in the realm with light. Light comes with the realm. Amen. The ruler of the realm of the kingdom of Jesus Christ is Jesus. Can we say amen? How many of you know that when you, after you've bought a house and you've moved into the house, you get to decide what kind of furniture you want to put in the house. Isn't that right? But sometimes you may have, you know, bought the wrong thing, bought the wrong piece of furniture or whatever you have, you know, made a wrong decision. You've bought it and you put it in your house. What you can do is you can chuck it. So whatever thought that comes to you, that is from the other realm, from the realm of darkness, from the realm of the devil, from the governance of Satan. What can you do? Chuck it. What can you do? Rebuke it. What can you do? Rebuke it. Reject it. Say no to it. Can we say amen? Remember, we've talked about that story, the fairy, I don't know whether it's a fairy tale or it's just a story, uh, Snow White, right? Snow White. And then the, the witch came and offered her the toxic apple. She was stupid to take it. She didn't have to take it. 
you didn't have to eat it. Isn't that right? The choice is yours. The choice is yours. I want you to touch the top of your head. Come on, touch the top of your head. What is this called in English? Your crown. We are made in the image of God. We also have a crown. Your crown means your authority. Your will is the most important part of your soul. Your soul is made up of your will, your mind, and your emotions. Your will, which is your crown, is the place of dominion and authority. Your will is where you make decisions. Your will is where you make choices. Your will matters. And Jesus said, not my will, but your will, referring to the Father. Your will be done. Amen. So your Father had given you your will. Your will matters. I want you to say to yourself, my will matters. So don't ever be a weak-willed Christian. Don't ever be weak. Don't ever desire to be average, you know. I don't want to be somebody special. I'm just somebody average. No, God wants you to be special because God has ordained every Christian to be a leader. You are a leader of your household. You are a leader of the people around you. God needs you to lead the people around you. Can we say amen? So rise up and be counted. Come on, say to yourself, rise up and be counted. Say to yourself, I'm not average. I'm somebody. Because Christ is in me. The Holy Ghost is in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember just now I said we go from point A to point B. And in our lives we are traveling all the time. There are times we feel like we have defeat, we, we've been defeated. There are times that we feel like we have failed. There are times like people will tell you that they, you have failed. But whom do you listen to? Whom do you listen to? Whom do you listen to? Your Lord. Your Savior, Jesus. Your Lord and your Savior, Jesus. The Word of God that says, Though I fall, I shall, I shall, I shall arise. Don't ever lose sight of that. Don't ever lose sight of that. Though I fall, I shall arise. No matter what happens, you rise up. You rise up. You rise up. No matter what happens, don't lose your future because of your present or your past. Can we say amen? Come on, say with me, I lay hold of my future and my present right now. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're talking about the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm does not operate by the five physical human senses. It's usually invisible, it's inaudible, and it's not tangible. Yet it's intense, it's amplified, it's accelerated, and it's powerful. Christianity is about your spirit being born again to be connected with the spiritual realm of heaven. To be connected with the Holy Spirit. To be connected with the Father. To be connected with Jesus. To be able to command angels. Can we say amen? I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. Now in the Old Testament, there was one person who was translated when he was walking with God or fellowshipping with God. What's his name? What's his name? Enoch. All right. Please make sure you read your Bible, okay? By faith, Enoch was what? Translated. That he should not see death. That means Enoch did not die a physical death. He was translated. He's a picture of the New Testament believers. We don't die. We go to heaven, which is a better place. 
Heaven is a place. Heaven is a realm. Heaven is a habitation. Heaven is a kingdom. Heaven is the governance of God. Can we say amen? Amen. That's why Paul said it's far better. He should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Come on, say with me, translated. Translated. I'm going to note this. This is an instant translation from heaven to earth. Instant translation. Let me ask you, for those of us that have fly, how many hours does it take from, uh, let's say, a direct flight? How many hours does it take from Brisbane to Hong Kong? Eight hours. How many hours does it take from Brisbane to Indonesia? Eight hours. And you measure the distance. Let me ask you a question. Don't you think that heaven is further away from the earth than Hong Kong from Brisbane or Indonesia from Brisbane? Of course. And yet it is instant. We're talking about speed. Usually, how long does it take for fermented grape juice to become wine? Years, years. And what did Jesus do? Instantly, he changed water into wine without even the help of grapes. We are talking about acceleration. We are talking about speed. Yet God is patient. Can you notice the range? That God operates in such a great range. How many of you know when you sing, you know, you sing high notes and you sing low notes. And the bigger your range is, the better your singing voice is. And if you look at Jesus, his range is huge. His range is huge. From the highest heaven to the deepest ocean. Can we have an amen? From the highest heaven to the deepest ocean. And he's big, yet he doesn't ever miss an individual. He is the alpha. He is the omega of our faith. So that means your faith has levels and your faith has degrees until it reaches the highest heaven. So let me ask you a very simple question. Is there room to grow for each and every one of us? Is there room to grow? Yes. Amen. So if you look at the um, translation of Enoch, he was translated from the earthly realm, from the human realm into the realm of heaven. And then here we're told very clearly that there is no death in the heavenly realm. And there is no darkness in the heavenly realm. And yet on the earth, there is still darkness. Why? Because when Satan was cast down from heaven, where was he cast down to? The earth. So the devil is in the higher region of the earth. The higher region of the earth, what am I talking about? I'm talking about he can give you thoughts because he's invisible. He can influence you. He can talk to you. But all you have to do is to say no to him. He is invisible. You can't see him. You can't feel him. He can come as an angel of light. But know and know and know that you are in a higher realm. Heaven is of a superior realm to the realm of darkness. Come on, say to yourself, I belong to a higher realm. How many of you know properties? You buy properties? How many of you know that Location and location and location. Position matters as far as your property is concerned. As far as your spiritual walk is concerned, location matters. Position matters. That's why to begin with, to begin with, God had to give us Jesus. 
Why? Because he had to translate us first. He had to translate us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Because the kingdom comes with its package. It's either the package of power or the package of destruction. So when you belong to the kingdom of heaven, you have the package of salvation. You have the package of power. You have the package of authority. You have the package of dominion. Can we say amen? So, so important. I want you to look at the word kingdom. The word kingdom is the Greek word basilia. Basilia in Greek. It means jurisdiction. Now, some of you, you think God is just a person. He just do whatever he likes. No, thine is the kingdom. That's in the Lord's prayer. For thine is the kingdom. We're talking about the governance of God. We're talking about the rule and the reign of God. We're talking about the territories of God. All right? Please, don't don't be so childish in your thinking when it comes to the Bible. So when we talk about the kingdom, we're talking about the jurisdiction. We're talking about the reign. We're talking about the governance, the power to rule. The power to exercise ownership. How many of you know that even if you own a house, if you've rented it to someone else, you can't just go and take it. There are rules that you have to follow. And that's why you can't just sit there and expect God to intervene. He can't because there are rules in the realm of the spirit. Laws in the realm of the spirit. So don't, don't get into a simplistic Christianity. The Bible is simple, but it's not simplistic. How many of you know the difference? There's a difference between being simple and being simplistic. All right? There are many Christians who think, oh, I'm saved, I'm Christian. That's it. Why do you have to make it so complicated? It's not complicated. You need to know. Knowledge is vital when it comes to the exercise of authority and power. Amen? So kingdom means The reign, kingdom means exercising ownership. Come on, say with me the word dominion. One more time, dominion. The kingdom of heaven is the realm of dominion. And that's why when we pray, we don't pray from the earth and try to climb, you know, make all your way to heaven. You pray from heaven to earth. You pray from a higher realm And release power and authority over the lower realm. There is positional authority when it comes to the kingdom. Please know that. There is positional authority. And even the devil's kingdom is very structured. You have small demons and you have bigger devils. And then you have Satan at the top. And God's kingdom is even more so, more powerful. All right? So there is the kingdom of God and there is the kingdom of darkness. But ours is superior to the kingdom of darkness. The devil's kingdom is inferior to the kingdom of heaven. Listen to me very careful, carefully. Yet it is up to the believer. It's up to the believer to exercise your superior position and your superior identity. If you're always saying, Lord, I'm a worm, I'm nobody, I'm a worm, and the devil will be standing next to you and clapping his hands. Yes, you are. Because you have no power over him. Remember, God was not happy with the Israelites. Why? Because they had a grasshopper mentality. If you're always magnifying your problems, you're always magnifying sickness, you're always magnifying problems, magnifying, you know, what's happening in the world, all the bad things. That's entertaining an inferior mindset. Your mindset matters. Either it's a conquering mindset or a defeated mindset. Either it's a healthy mindset or a sick mindset. I've noticed, I've tried it out myself. My mindset matters. If I think I can't do it, then I can't do it. But the minute I decide and make up my mind, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, then I realize that I can do it and do it very well with the spirit of excellence 
Amen. Why? Because this is your crown. Amen. And next to your crown is your mind. Come on, say to the person next to you, your mindset matters. Amen. So go back to our basic, uh, our beginning uh, question. How to get into spiritual eloquence? Now let's go to Psalm 45, Psalm 45 verse 1. That's our foundational scripture. My heart is indicting a good matter. So that's how you start. Your heart has to be meditating on what is good, what is bright, what is excellent. What is praiseworthy? So, for example, if somebody has annoyed you to no end, if you're so upset with that person, so guess what? The devil's darkness is all over you. And he's putting oppression on you. He's putting thoughts of accusation in your mind. He's affecting the way you think. He's affecting the way you feel. It's darkness has sit upon you, all over you. So what do you do? The minute you say no to the devil and rebuke him, he has to go with his whole package of darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have a choice. Come on, say with me, I have a choice. And then you shift from focusing on what is dark and you shift to focusing on what is bright. And then the Lord will cause you to remember all the good that person has done, or all the good the person was to you, still is to you, and will be to you. And because your focus has shifted, your heart is your focus. And because your focus has shifted, your heart has shifted, so all the glory of God will start to be built around you. Do you get it? That's how it works. That's why it's called spiritual warfare. Depends on which switch you turn, which switch you turn on, which button you press, which buzzer you press. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Because to every one of us, we have been given a free will. And God cannot, cannot ignore that. So say to yourself, my will matters. Amen. So how do I get into spiritual eloquence? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you excited? Now you need to listen to this sermon again and start taking notes. I love it. I praise the Lord for giving this to us. Now I want you to understand that a man or a woman is a speaking spirit. Say to yourself, I am. A speaking spirit. Out of all the creatures that God had created, only people could talk. Have you ever heard a dog talking? You know, my dog was really wanting to go to the loo, but he couldn't tell me. He couldn't say, Dora, I need to go to the loo. He could only come to me and try to scratch me and... So we had been given the power to talk. Speaking is putting a thought to a voice. I want you to pay attention to this. Speaking is putting a thought to a voice. When we talk about a voice, we're talking about vocal articulation. A voice is made up of pitches and patterns, and we call that a language. So your vocabulary is common to one ethnic group. So the Tokelauans, you speak Tokelauan, the Chinese speak Chinese, the Indonesians speak Indonesian. But they are all voices with a recognizable pattern. So your thought has to attach itself to your voice. So if you're a person who used to silence, you don't talk much. So that means your thoughts are not much activated. Whereas the will of God is for every one of us to be active. Now, you won't go to heaven and see God. No, God won't be like this in heaven. No, he's very active. 
Can we say amen? God is very active. I mean, how many of you, you know, love plants? You know, they are so active. They're growing all the time. So don't worry about dying because you won't die. (laughs) There's too much energy in you to die. That's why people either go to heaven or go to hell. You don't die, glory be to God. You don't cease to exist because there's so much power in you. Come on, say to, the, say to yourself, I have a lot of power in me. And if you find yourself dozing off most of the time, I mean, I went through a time and I asked the Lord, if you find yourself dozing off all the time, it's time to be active. It's time to actively use your brain. How many of you have ever tried to recall something? And it's actually like you can hear your mind clicking. Oh, what's that? What's that? I'm trying to recall. How many of you have ever felt your mind working? Come on, lift up your hands. Yes, you can actually consciously feel. Oh, I need to recall this part. Hey, you have to be active in your mind. Come on, lay hand on your forehead right now. In the name of Jesus, I command my mind to be active. To be active in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. So a voice is very, very powerful. For example, if I say yes to you. So yes is a voice. But at the same time, it is a Thought. And what is a word? A word is a voice married to a thought. So let me ask you, is the voice of God very powerful? Let me ask you, lions can speak and yet with their voice, they can frighten all the other animals. Dogs don't speak. But sometimes you stand in front of a growling dog and you feel fear. Piano doesn't speak, yet it can make all kinds of voices. And some of the voice can be majestic. Some of the voice can be sad. Some of the voice can be joyful. Some of the voice can be melancholic. So let me ask you, does your voice matter? How many of you have ever found yourself, you, you don't want to talk, you just, huh? what, what is that? That comes out of your spirit. Your spirit has a voice because you are a speaking spirit. Your spirit has a voice and you use that voice to express what's in your soul. Your spirit, once you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you, helping you to manage your soul, helping you to have a victorious and a triumphant soul because your soul determines your life. A victorious, healthy, and triumphant soul will give you a victorious, healthy, and triumphant life. And a victorious, triumphant life will give you a victorious and triumphant living or livelihood. Everything comes from the inside. And the deepest part of you is your spirit. Say to the person next to you, your spirit matters. Your voice matters. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. 1 Corinthians 14, 10. So the first part you need to build must be your spirit. There are too many Christians that focus on the soul and don't understand spiritual things and ignore spiritual things. Whereas Jesus came, he came, number one, to translate us, our spirit, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Your soul is for you to manage. Your body is also for you to manage. But you must have that synchronized. Spirit, soul, and body. You can't just, you know, do something about your spirit when you're in church. No, your spirit must be exercised, activated, listened to when you're outside of church. Can we say amen? 
There are, as it may be, so many kinds, plural, of voices, plural, in the world, and none of them is without signification. That means that they all matter. Animals has a voice. Demons have a voice. People have a voice. Angels have a voice. God has a voice. Okay, it's very, very important. And uh, you can go through for yourself Psalm 29, verse 7. Psalm 29, verse 7. Now, for those of us that are a little bit senior, it's very, very important, and I just can't overemphasize this, for you to activate your mind. Refuse to be silent. Don't accept the fact that I'm old, I don't have much to say. No, say something. Say to the person next to you, say something. One more time, say to the person next to you, say something. Say to the person next to you, your voice matters. Your voice matters. Don't turn inward. Don't internalize your voice. Release it. Release it. Amen. Communication matters. Clarification matters. All right? Communicate. Talk. Speak. Amen. Your voice matters. Amen. In Psalm 29, seven times the voice of the Lord declaring his glory, his power, and his dominion. The voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord seven times in Psalm 27, uh, Psalm 29. Seven times. How many of you know that seven is the number of God, is the number of perfection? All right. Seven times talking about how powerful the voice of the Lord is. And yet it's so humbling. It's so humbling because God had chosen to limit his voice in you and through you. Only you can release his voice in your life. Only you, nobody else, only you can limit his voice in your life or release his voice in your life. I want you to look at Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. We're talking about how to get into the place of spiritual eloquence. All right, what do we have here? The first thing that came, come on, tell me. Sound. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house that they were sitting. So it's the sound that came from the realm of heaven. It's a higher sound. It's a powerful sound. It filled the house and then it filled the people. It's a purposeful, a purposeful, active and higher voice. It's purposeful, it's active, and it's high. I want you to look at verse 4, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them. What did the Holy Spirit give them? Utterance. What is an utterance? It can be. The word tongues is the word glossolalia which means noises, voices, sorry, voices, sounds. That's the word glossolalia, the word tongues. So I remember when I first received speaking in tongues, the first baptism of the Holy Spirit, I got only one syllable, only one. Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. And I was just using it, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. And I said, Lord, how, ta do I, how long do I have to ta-ta-ta-ta-ta? <laughs> so I was given one more syllable, ka. So ta-ka-ta-ka, ta-ka-ta-ka, ta-ka-ta-ka. How many of you have ever observed a baby learning to speak? They had, what, what do they do? They coo, they bubble, right? They, what, what was, how do you describe the voice of a baby? Huh? 
No, it's the same thing when we first receive the language of heaven. Language is made up of voices, different pitches, different patterns. And you can have more than one heavenly tongue. For those of us that are already speaking in tongues, you can have one tongue, and then you have the second tongue, you can have the third tongue, you can have tongues given to you by God. The baptizer is Jesus. Amen? So you start with just voices, okay? Start with voices. So if you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 4 again, they began to speak with other tongues, means languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance, voices. So you have the realm of heaven on the day of Pentecost coming into the earthly realm. Now that's an answer to Jesus' prayer. Because remember Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, right? So that's already a, a prayer answered. And then what happened? The realm of heaven ushered the disciples into the realm of the Holy Ghost. And that's when the Holy Ghost could start giving them utterances. And because they were giving the utterances, they could produce that voice. Now remember, the Holy Spirit does not need to pray in tongues. So many Christians just stand there. No, the Holy Spirit is not the one praying in tongues. You are. The Holy Ghost does not pray in tongues. We do. You ask me, is that a need? Absolutely. Otherwise, why would God give it to us? God, who is the wisest, if he desires that we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues, then obviously my humble mind says that I need it. It's a need. It's a need. It's not a luxury. It's a need. So lift up your hands and say with me, Father God, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Usher me into the realm of heaven, the realm of power, the realm of authority, the realm of dominion. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So the disciples, they were getting into spiritual eloquence, into the place of spiritual eloquence, into the flow of heaven on earth, producing heaven's voice, speaking heaven's language on earth. Now go with me to Isaiah 28 verse 11. Isaiah 28 verse 11. I'm giving you the revelation. So that you don't serve God with duty and obligation, you serve him with a longing, a desire, and the joy. Amen. Because remember, God is always taking you higher. Come on, say with me, I'm going higher. I'm going higher. Amen. So Isaiah 28 verse 11, for with stammering lips, what, what do you mean by stammering lips? That's stammering lips. And another tongue, that means I don't understand. Another tongue. Will God speak to his People. And that's why you have tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Now, there are two kinds of tongues. One is the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is the Holy Spirit given to you. And at that moment, you receive it and you speak it out. So you have tongues and somebody would rise up or you can have the interpretation. You have tongues and interpretation of tongues. So that's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And another kind of tongue is your personal tongues. And every believer needs that. How many of you have had times you don't know how to pray? Or you're too sad to pray? Or you're too fearful to pray? Or you're too at a loss to pray? How many of you have had that experience? And that's when you switch to praying in tongues. It's your personal tongues. So at home, you pray it. You don't build a house when the storm is on. Every day, pray in the Spirit. Every day, build up your spirit, exercise your spirit. You need to exercise your spirit because your soul is too heavy. The soul always tries to sit on the spirit. Have you ever noticed that in your life? <laughs> the soul 
It's always, it's so easy to do things my way, you know, think my thoughts and feel my feelings and be driven. So it's very important for us to say, hey, soul, move, spirit, rise up. <laughs> amen. Can we say amen? It's important for you to give time, put time, put time into praying in the spirit. Put time into praying in the spirit. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I want you to look at um, Acts chapter 2, verse 6. Acts chapter 2, verse 6. This is so powerful. Acts chapter 2, verse 6. Now, when it was noised abroad, referring to them, you know, having the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, Acts 2, uh, Acts 2 verse 6. When it was noised abroad, what happened? A lot of people, the crowd came together, and they were confounded. It means they were challenged They were surprised. They were amazed. Read this. Highlighted. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now remember, Jerusalem at that time was a place that people would come from different corners of the world to come to worship. All right? And so what happened was that when the disciples were praying in tongues, they did not need an interpreter. So that means when I would be speaking in the spirit, the English would hear me speaking in English. The Tokelauans would hear me speaking in Tokelauan. The Filipinos would hear me speaking in Filipino. I don't know your language. Is it uh, Tagalog? Yes, Tagalog. And the Chinese would hear me speaking in Cantonese or Mandarin, Hakka, whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because it's a heavenly language that doesn't need to go through the carnal channel. Do you understand what I'm saying? In heaven, when you go to heaven, you don't need to learn another language. You don't need a translator. Everybody will understand you. And yet there are different ethnic groups, different nationalities in heaven. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? There had been missionaries, if you look at church revival, there had been missionaries that didn't speak a word of the local dialect. Because they had to go to, you know, all the outlying places. You know, they didn't know the language. But then he would just speak in English and the people would understand what he was saying in their own language. We're talking about power. We're talking about authority. We're talking about dominion. Can we say amen? Because if you look at Acts chapter 2 verse 11, Acts chapter 2 verse 11, this is, you know, verily, verily, Acts chapter 2, verse 11. Can you read the the last part of that? We do hear them speak in our tongues. Is heaven real to you now? Is heaven real to you now? Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So remember, you are the one to yield, to speak, to step out of the water, to step out of the boat on the water, yielding your mind and your heart to God. When it comes to getting into the place of spiritual eloquence, the key is refuse to allow your mind to obstruct or hinder you. Now, when you start praying in tongues, your mind will start to say, oh, you're wasting your time. What are you doing? Do you understand? How many of you have heard that voice? Your mind will say, oh, it's not God, it's just you making it up. How many of you have heard that? The key is, brush it aside. How many of you have heard, no, don't forgive him, don't forgive her, you know. They deserve your bad attitude. (laughs) How many of you have heard that? What do you do? Brush it aside. The love walk of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is for my training. I'm walking in love no matter what. I'm walking in love no matter what. We need to be trained. When you're going through challenges in your life, they are your training. They are your promotion. 
the devil can't beat you then? How many of you know what I'm talking about? As soon as you know your position, your place, and your calling, the devil has nothing against you. As soon as you lay hold of your feeling ram, the devil has nothing against you, can do nothing. Can we say amen? All right, let's finish with this. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Because of time, I have to jump. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word, referring to God's word, be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. Can you see the relationship between word and action? Can you see that? It's just like when you turn on the air conditioner, you press the, you press the button, and what happens? The aircon starts working. And your button is your tongue. Okay? So God is saying that he says that my word, it shall not go forth out of my mouth. Whose mouth becomes God's mouth on the earth? Your mouth. Come on, say with me, I'm God's mouth. I'm God's mouth. So let's say the Holy Spirit is actively blessing people, right? Holy Spirit is using people, blessing people. And then he comes to you, but you're like this. And the Holy Spirit tries again. And the Holy Spirit tries again. So is it you or is it God? Is it you or is it God? You, <laughs> say to the person next to you, open your mouth. <laughs> open your mouth. Say to the person next to you, your voice matters. Your voice matters. You may say, Pastor Dora, I don't know how to pray. I don't have beautiful prayer language like you do. doesn't matter. Your voice matters. I mean, if that's powerful prayer. <laughs> Amen. Amen? So go back to this. So when we talk about the rhema word, we're talking about as we enter into the realm of heaven, as we go into God's realm, the power of God starts to move, all right? And the people, they didn't even know what to say. Their mind was not activated yet, but their vocal cord was activated. And so they went, So their spirit was activated. Their spirit was giving to them the revelation, the mysteries, the rhema word of God. And they heard their spirit speak. And as they heard their spirit speak, they started getting the scriptures. And that's how Peter preached his first powerful sermon. Because your spirit releases the voice, your mind captures the voice and gives you the content of the voice. A lot of times in our prayer meeting, we didn't have, we don't have, pre-written prayers. A lot of times, we just yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost. And as you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, scriptures start to come. That's Isaiah 55, 11. And the prayer points start to come. And sometimes the images of the people start to come. It's called a spirit-led prayer. And that's the most powerful prayer. It's not a brain-activated prayer is a spirit-led prayer. And that's where you fight the battles and win them. Amen? Amen? And I want you to understand to enter into spiritual eloquence. And that's why prayer meetings are very, very powerful. Because as we gather together, the Holy Ghost comes upon us. And we gather our desires together. And we are united in the place of the Spirit. We are united in the realm of the Spirit. We are united in our desires to see God manifest. We humble ourselves to one another. We all bring our talents together. And we all merge together in the realm of the Spirit. And we all pray together in the realm of the Spirit. 
It doesn't have to be me vocalizing the prayer. It can be somebody vocalizing the prayer. But I'm in agreement. I'm getting it. And also I'm giving my faith. I'm giving my part. That's why it's entering into the place of spiritual eloquence. How many of you know that, let's say if you go into a cinema, and a cinema is playing a ghost movie, for example, all right? A ghost movie. How many of you know that as soon as you walk into the cinema, oh, everything becomes ghostly and uh, fearful and uh, devilish? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Atmosphere matters. And like, for example, if you go enter into um, a hospital and everybody is crying, the person is dying, it's like, whoa, the atmosphere is so depressing so depressive, so, so bad. Atmosphere matters, all right? So when you enter into a revival meeting, you enter into the church, everyone have the desire for God. Everyone is wanting to serve. Everyone wants to be holy. Everyone wants to be righteous. So the place has already ushered you into the ram. That's the day of Pentecost. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you will find it easy to just slide into that place of spiritual eloquence. And you may begin with listening and listening. You may begin with meditating on the word. And then you are conditioning yourself. You're nurturing your spirit. You're making yourself ready. And you just get into it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. How many of you want to get into spiritual eloquence? All right? So don't see prayer is like a duty that I have to do. No, it's a joy. It's an enrichment. It's an empowerment. Amen? Glory be to God. And that's why Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait till I get you into that place. All right? You can read that in Luke 24, verse 49. All right, let's finish with this. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Let's see. Acts 4, 31. When we talk about eloquence, how many of you know that if you're going to court, you need to hire a good barrister who knows how to talk in court? All right? Because the language matters. You understand, you need to understand because I've been to the court. When you go to the court, you know, you can't just talk rubbish. The judge don't want, he doesn't want to listen to you. They love to have their own language. <laughs> you need to understand that, okay? So what happened when God gave them the heavenly language? Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. That's power. The place was shaken. Bondages were shaken, broken. Where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happened? They spoke the word of God with what? They spoke the word of God with what? One more time. With what? Can you speak it as if you meant it? They spoke the word of God with? Boldness. There's a quality to your voice. There's a quality to your voice. If I say bonus. 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 Oh, you mean I'm bold? No. Amen. So speak it with everything that is within you. Bonus. Amen. Personalize the voice of God. Amen. And go with me to verse 33. What's that bonus? Go with me to verse 33. Verse X4, verse 33. X4, 33. And with what? Great power. How many of you want power in your life? With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And then what? Great grace was upon them. Why? Because they've changed their voice. They've changed their language. Do you get it? Amen. Can I ask you to lift up your hands with me? Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I praise you and thank you that we are a people of power. We are your chosen ones. And we lift up our vocal cords to you. We lift up our voices to you. 
Oh God, we want to speak your voice. Like the centurion that said, speak the word only and your servant shall be healed. Father God, we praise you and thank you. We come to this place of spiritual eloquence. Amen. And we ask for the eloquence to be released into our lives. Every one of us is a speaking spirit. Every one of us has dominion and power when we speak. Glory be to God. When we speak to the mountains, amen, they move. When we speak to problems, they go. When we speak to sickness, they get healed. Glory be to God. We can speak to things. We can speak to bodies. We can speak to situations. We can speak to circumstances. We can speak to our mind. We can speak to our organs. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Come on, say with me, I am a speaking spirit with power, authority, dominion that comes from heaven. Through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone say, Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. If I can ask you.